0: Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, strengthen our vision this morning of what is coming, of the end of all things and the reward that awaits awaits those who believe and trust in you. In your name we pray, amen. There was a typo or something in the bulletin It references a, a short sermon this morning. It was confusing to me, probably to you as well. I mean, I figured there's going to be there's so many kids baptized this morning that you would want you know not to be shortchanged. So, for the sake of the children, this is going to be actually a very long sermon. Um, uh, Baptism is an extraordinary sacrament of the church. There's actually more written in the New Testament about baptism than than the Lord's Supper in terms of its weight and power and meaning. Um, and it's a beautiful thing uh, in the church's tradition to remember our baptisms, and uh, so I just want to reflect on that just a little this morning, especially with what I felt drawn to uh, in the passage from Revelation. Um, It's important for us to know the beginning of of a thing, but also the end of a thing. Um, Baptism isn't just kind of a sacrament of the church that kind of is static, that, that now you're baptized, and, and then you you go on. Uh, it's, it, there's much more drama and power in that, and it's important for us to know uh, where we're going as well as where we have come from. So it's not just simply a ceremony. It's, it is definitely a, a sacrament of new beginnings. Uh, sacrament of baptism is about new birth, among many other things. Um, Like I say, baptism is kind of like a diamond. You turn it and you see more facets in it. But it's certainly one of those facets is new birth. Baptism's the way in. That's why the baptismal font's at the front of the church, because everybody comes in through death and resurrection. There's just no other way into the body of Christ. You don't get in on your own merits. That's what Jesus was powerfully expressing in the gospel reading this morning. You don't get in there based on your wealth and your success and your own righteousness. In fact, you, you get in really through repentance. There's just no other way forward. Baptism is the way in. It's a clean break. You're adopted into a new family. It's the death of death and the beginning of the new creation, you. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus, Paul says. If anyone is in Christ, anyone meaning rich or poor, Jew or Gentile, Any ethnicity, any nation, any economic class, anything, if anyone is in Christ, they're a new creation. The old is passed away. Behold, all things have become new. This is the baptismal song. All things have become new, and you're going to hear that in this reading in Revelation as well. Now, in baptism, we're united with Christ, It's my favorite expression just about in all of Scripture, being united with Christ, where we die to our sins through his death and we rise with him in his resurrection. I mean, union with Christ basically is what Jesus does, we do. Where he is, that's where we are. And that's a beautiful thing. Right now, Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. That's why we can appeal to him in our prayer because he's at the Father's right hand interceding for us. That's where we are. It's a very powerful thing to know about oneself. Here's how Paul says it in in his letter to the church in Rome. We were buried with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life that's the beginning. It's the new birth. We've been born again by water and by blood. But it's more than just new birth. There's more to it than just that. Just as new birth in the flesh, you know, like in, in our bodily life, is just the very beginning of human life. And when you have a new baby, uh, you know, you're, you're seeing the awesome, miraculous wonder of that new baby, but you're also envisioning what's to come. It's the same thing in Christian life. Something really happens when you're baptized. Something really happens. And that something that happens will not stop happening all the way until the new world. That's the beautiful thing. What happens in baptism doesn't stop happening. It's it's not closure, it's not the end, and now we got to gut it out. The power, the vitality, the union with Christ... It's there all the time, but it's directional. That might sound a little strange, but directional means it's, there's an impulse to motion. I mean, I love watching our little ones because I know in their brain, their brain's growing. Like, you can't suppress it. It just isn't possible. They're sponges. They're looking at us, and they're looking at our mouths, and they're, they're wanting to repeat what we say. I love it little baby Abby's Jack um, does not like snow, I found out, uh, because when it was falling on him, he was not happy, and it was clear by the look on his face and by what he was saying. All right, but when I said, when I looked at him and I said, snow, because right now he's learning words. Like, that's his big thing, and he looked at me like, I said, snow. And you could see his brain going, and all of a sudden he's like, no. No. Snow. No. No. That's what I mean by directional. You can't suppress that. It's what his brain's doing, and I just love to see it. I love to see that. It's just exponential growth. That's what the Spirit's doing in us all the time. It's moving us in a direction. Where is the question? And that's what's, uh, you know, very powerfully depicted in the new world. It's good for us to use this phrase a lot, the new world. It's common to say, when I die and go to heaven, and that's not a bad thing, because when we die, we go to heaven, but practice for a while saying, in the new world, because heaven isn't just a floaty place. There's going to be a new world that God makes that's just as vigorous and vital, and I, I mean, way more than this world. Remember the C.S. Lewis story, Great Divorce, where they, they go into the, kind of the foyer of heaven and the grass is so amazing that it almost hurts their feet because it's just so powerful. It's so, the colors are so amazing. That's real. In fact, that's the real, real you know, Paul says, what's really real is that invisible world, invisible to us. That's where we're headed. That's the power of the Spirit in you is to move you there through this life. That's dynamic power. That's what begins in your baptism. It's what what happens will keep happening until that day when we are made new in the new world. And that's when the fun starts. <laughs> that's when the real life begins. That's the the beginning of our eternal life. I mean, it's begun here, and and that's the wonderful thing is we have so much rich taste of it here. Our table fellowship at this table is a a taste of the banquet that we'll be eating in the new world. The fellowship that we share together is just a, a wonderful, gracious experience of what's coming then, which will never end. Jesus, whom we see through a a glass darkly now, we will one day see face to face, always. There will just be wonderful consummation and fruition of everything that you know to be true now, but know in part. That's where it's going. That's the power of the Holy Spirit in us. It's what Paul calls the down payment of our inheritance. That's the Holy Spirit, meaning it's a taste of something to come. That's the beautiful thing. And when we experience this power through baptism, it's the entree and the movement into this thing that will end up in the new world. And just kind of in conclusion here, the powerful thing to me about this vision and revelations, actually, if you have your Bibles and you were to turn them to chapter 7, you'll see that the section just before our reading in the bulletin is the naming of the 12 tribes of Israel. I love this passage and I can't go into all of it now because I've got about 90 seconds left to make a short sermon. So, um, but see what you're missing by, by this bulletin thing? The beautiful thing is that God made a promise to Abraham that through the Jewish people, all the nations would be blessed. That's the story of the Old Testament is the working out of that promise Paul says in Romans that the gospel is the power of salvation to all who believe, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek or the non-Jew. It's it's the promise of God working all the way through, and what do we see here in Revelation chapter 7? At the final day, did God's promise prevail? Yes, yes. He names them by name. 12,000, a representative, complete number, from the tribe of Judah. 12,000 from the tribe of Reuben. 12,000 from the tribe of Gad. 12,000 from the tribe of Asher, Naphtali, Manasseh, Simeon, Levi, Issachar, Zebulon, Joseph, Benjamin, all of them sealed. And if space hadn't been a problem, and it's not in the book of life, which... is in heaven your name is there too and the story continues because they had to abbreviate it right it just says and I looked and behold a great multitude that no one could number kind of a cliff note version of the book of life because in that book your name's there too And that's the fruition of everything that started in your baptism. That's where your new creation self becomes fully alive with a new body, with dried tears, the fulfillment of the promise in your life, the righting of every wrong, the answer of every question, the solution to every struggle, all of it in that moment will be healed, restored, restored, forgiven, taken care of, calmed. You will be at rest and at peace and at the fullness of joy in fellowship with the Holy Spirit and all saints. That's what starts this morning and why I'm excited about this because this is their great entry into that journey which will end there and we will all be together to celebrate that as well. Amen.